Welcome to The Unfocused Writer, the podcast for unfocused writers by unfocused writers with your hosts, Christopher Robin and Christy Walter. In this season's weekly episodes, we'll talk about everything from our not-so-fancy writing offices to our unfocused writing lives while parenting, attempting recovery, and dealing with every other aspect and challenge of our daily lives. On with the show! Welcome to The Unfocused Writer. This week, we're talking about what makes us unfocused writers. That's a lot. It's everything. <laughs> it is everything. Everything and more. Chris, what makes you unfocused? Do tell. That's such a loaded question because it, it really is everything. Uh, I can't <laughs> focus on any... Uh. Uh, <laughs> what? I was laughing. I wasn't uhing. I thought you were laughing at me uhing. Oh, okay, whatever. It, yeah. It, uh. <laughs> you know what? Show's canceled. <laughs> Look at us. We're, we're the unfocused podcasters. The unfocused podcasters coming at you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's everything. I think we live in a, a highly unfocused world. That's true. It's talked about ad nauseum really that we're constantly pulled in a million different directions all the time and that's that's um i think that's relatively new with technology but i don't Mm. need technology to make me unfocused my life makes me unfocused you know kids jobs responsibilities chores right now I'm I'm right below my living room and I hear children upstairs screaming and fighting and being yelled at. Uh, so I wonder why I can't concentrate on anything. That sounds awesome. <laughs> oh, it's super. <laughs> well, that's why we kind of created this show because, uh, you know, I think that the majority of writers out there are, um, you know, live like us. We have everyday lives with screaming children and jobs we hate and uh, messy houses that we need to pick up and prescriptions we have to go get and um, diet. Yeah. Yeah. Diets we can't stick to. And, you know, these sucky everyday lives, not to be negative, wishing we were, um, you know, these wonderful published writers with, you know, homes that overlook the ocean uh, and, you know, legions it's of fans. Lies. It is. Li- they are lies. They are lies. Here's, a, here's an interesting <laughs> story that ties right into this. I was talking to one of our editors the other day and we were talking about how I had all day on Friday pretty much to myself to write or work or both or whatever. I had nothing really on my calendar. I didn't write anything until about four o'clock after I picked up my kids. And then I hammered out that piece about recovery in like a half an hour. But I did it with the kids in unlimited distractions around. I couldn't do it (laughs) when I was, when I had all the time in the world. Yeah. So then uh, Michelle was her name. That's who I was talking to. And she said the same thing. 
she was working on, she had some time and she was working on a satire piece. <laughs> and she just couldn't get anywhere with it until all hell broke loose at her house. And then all of a sudden she was able to crank it out. Oh, that's hysterical. It's so strange. <laughs> I do my best writing with my computer on my neck, <laughs> lying in bed. <laughs> I don't know how you type that way. I don't know either. Usually my dogs are sleeping on me and my daughter's wandering into the room asking for Robux money and, <laughs> you know. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah, I wrote some of that recovery piece the other day with my daughter in the room watching Minecraft videos on YouTube. Oh, God, those are the worst. No, Robux, Roblox video. No. Yes, Roblox videos are the worst. They are so loud and obnoxious. Same. Yeah, they are to all me, the same. It's just the same <laughs> shit. Yeah. And so you know that... what's funny? My son will watch them too. Mm -hmm. He doesn't play the game. Neither one of them actually really play mm -hmm. the game. She dabbles. Neither one of them actually play. And then they, they dig into this stuff. Yeah. It's, well, it's like they graduated from those videos where the people open the eggs and they're just like opening things. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I, I know the unboxing and stuff. That, yeah. And they unbox and play with toys. Yes. Yeah, those. Yeah. Years ago, I read that those piece, those um, those videos they watch, they have a similar effect on the child's brain as cocaine. Jesus. Wow. I, you know, I can't, I don't know where that, if I could find that information again, but yeah, that's what I read years ago. We're being, and it makes sense. We're being unfocused podcasters again. We need to get on what topic. What are we even talking about? <laughs> this is what we're talking about. <laughs> I have a question. Okay. Who are you outside of writing? Ooh. Like when, when you're not writing, Take writing out of the equation. Who is Christopher Robin? Uh, a dad, a homeowner, a lumberjack. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's such a weird question. I, I can speak for myself and maybe a lot of other writers out there when I say when I'm not writing, I'm usually thinking about writing. Mm. It's kind of omnipresent. Is that a word? Yeah. Yeah. It's always there. I'm always thinking about writing and getting to it. Ooh. Which is why then it's so frustrating when I have the time and I can't get it done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, same. But as far as who I am outside of writing, I don't know. I, I, I feel like a regular, a regular Joe. Well, do you have other passions? I was a musician mm -hmm. in a past life. Um, I started on guitar when I was five. My grandfather taught me. And then when I got to middle school, my dad, oh, there's a puppy. Yeah, he is whining at me to sit on my lap. <laughs> He's a big baby. <laughs> this is Otto. Hi, Otto. He, he, he makes me unfocused. <laughs> He's yawning. He's totally <laughs> bored with this conversation. Yeah. Just like our listener. <laughs> our listener who who's that you it's probably me or you or me. <laughs> we'll make our we'll make our editors listen <laughs> they're gonna hate us they are <laughs>
See, I don't even know what we were saying. Uh, oh, I was asking you about your passions. Passions outside and, of writing. And then I asked you, yeah, I asked you what um, instruments you played. Did you know, Christy, that I was in the Army Band? What? Isn't that something? <laughs> that is something. And wait, wait a minute. I didn't even know that there was an army band. What the hell is that? And what do you what so are you like on the third lines and you're just kind of like playing really loud and badly so that the um enemy lines are like, holy shit, I can't handle the trumpets and they run away? Is that yes. like what you <laughs> is that what you do? This was for for several years after I got back, right? I would go out and play with my dad's German band. And the MC at the time would make those jokes that I flushed Bin Laden <laughs> out of his cave with my euphonium. Euphonium? That's wow. Right. That's that, Did you fancy. know that's an actual, it was, it's not anymore, I don't think, but it was an actual recognized military occupational specialty. That I, was my job, was a euphonium player for the U.S. Army. I don't even know what to say to you about that. I know. That's stunning. Well, thank you for your service. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it when people say that because I was just... Uh, Kind of a sponge on the system for four years. I don't mean to laugh. I'm so sorry. No, you put in your You're time. You're such a dick. I am a dick. I basically did it for the GI Bill money. Wow. And because I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. Well, that was brave of you. It was something. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm tired right. of this line of questioning. It's my turn. Buckle uh -oh. up. <laughs> All right. What makes Christy an unfocused writer? Oh, God. Wait, why are you asking me questions? This is not your show. I'm the, I'm the retired journalist. You knew that, right? Maybe. About you the don't... same as you knew I was a soldier in the Army you don't Band. read my work. Um, I don't have time for that nonsense. What makes me... So wait, the question was, what makes me unfocused? Is that what this show is about? Maybe. Otto, who knew? Hi, honey. Oh, give me a kiss. Yes. <laughs> Why are you making a face? <laughs> His breath smells delicious, by the way. All right. Anyway, what makes me unfocused? My dog giving me face kisses. This is... <laughs> you you have never seen this side of me. <laughs> no, this is pretty neat. Um, being a mom, um, my daughter has special needs, so that's um, that takes a bit of time. I mean, not they're not horrible. She she has autism, so um, it's like special needs with having to deal with school and. Um, having to deal with meltdowns and that kind of thing. Um, uh, I have mental health issues, so dealing with that, that keeps me unfocused. <laughs> Some depression stuff. Um, 
I can just be very scatterbrained, um, so I can get um, easily distracted. I think that's part of the mental health stuff, like a little bit of ADHD. Um, so, you know, if I turn on the TV, then it's all over. <laughs> but I haven't been doing that lately. Um, and um, sometimes sometimes my medications make me sleepy, so um, sometimes I'll get sleepy. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of, that's one of those questions. I realized that it's, it's kind of open-ended. There's no definitive answer what makes you unfocused. It's pretty much everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And sometimes there are times, you know, where like right now the ideas are flying at me. Um, I'm in a really good um, place in terms of um, my writing, but I, I'm kind of inspired having started a new publication, mental health publication. <clears throat> but um, there are times, you know, I think like any other writer where I just am like, I don't have anything to say. Even with my memoirs, I'm just like, you know, I'm gassed out. I just don't know what to write. So is it that you don't know what to write or you don't think anyone will care? I'm just not inspired. Okay. You know, it's just, it's just a, a cyclical, you know, and then it comes back. It happens. You know? Yeah. You have to yeah, let it come so. back too. You can't really force it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I have to go and, you know, right now I'm drinking my cold coffee and I'm like, oh God, I need more coffee and this and that. I'm just very all over the place. Mm-hmm. So that makes me unfocused. <laughs> but I think that's the appeal to this show moving forward. Not to talk about the mm -hmm. show on the show, but we're all that way. Yeah. I've read these. Yeah. I've read really funny stories, actually, about, you know, what it's like for writers. You know, they got to get the coffee and they sit down with the notebook and the lighting and the music and they have peace and mm. quiet. And then it all falls apart. Nothing. Nothing yep, works. Exactly. Yes. 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 And I used to be a mood right. Like I uh, used to have to set the mood exact. Like it had to be, I would set one song on a loop to set the tone for the piece I was writing. I would have my candles. I would like, it would, I, I did it. It's like, I was romancing my, my writing. Your muse. Um, yes. But I was my own muse. It was very sick. <laughs> I'd have my, I'd have my wine. Sorry, I was letting my dog down. Um, so, yeah, I don't do that anymore. Now I just write wherever, and from bed or whatever. Anything else? You're no, a killer journalist. <laughs> All right. Um, well, okay. I'm going to have to put my hand in my old journalist pocket and think of a question here then. <laughs> you sounded a little bit... Uh like you were from the northeast or something when you just said that like you were from minnesota okay the minnesota is not the northeast yes but i, I am know that but i couldn't think of like <laughs> what is it the uh but i am that? from the northeast is that like the midwest it's the midwest the northern, it would be the midwest. midwest like the dakotas <laughs> and the well i'm not from there i am from the northeast 
<laughs> well, you sounded like it for a minute. Well, we're totally off the rails. Whatever. Okay. So what are some ways when you're feeling unfocused that you try to get back on track? Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> I read. You read? When I can't make it happen with an idea or a story, I just kind of walk away from it and I read. Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm working on a satire piece or a humor piece of some kind, I'll go read some McSweeney's or something to get that part of me flowing. I, I You just don't force it. I don't even try. I, but I guess regarding being unfocused directly, I try to eliminate distractions. So that's just, it's just impossible. Yeah. So I think you just kind of splash it in a little bit here and there when you get two minutes. And that sucks. Mm -hmm. But it's just this how it is sometimes. Everything is a work in progress. Everything. Yeah. A little mm -hmm. idea gets written down as a sentence and I walk away from it. And sometimes three weeks later, something else will come to me. You know, and this time of year is terrible, too, because there's unlimited distractions at home with kids and school and activities and all this shit. So yeah. you have to just kind of let those ideas stew. Let them sit for when you have time. I don't know how else you do it. You? Um. Yeah, kind of the same. Uh, you know, you have to kind of deal with your distractions sometimes, depending on what it is. If it's your kids, obviously, um, or your dog crying to get on your lap again. Um, well, come on, up, up, up. Jesus, hold on one second, please. <laughs> he he wanted to get down, and now he wants up back. Back up. Okay. Um, that was the chair. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> um, and sometimes I work through them, the distractions. Um, if I've lost my focus on a particular piece I'm working on, usually what I'll do is I'll move on and work on another piece. Right. Like something completely different and leave uh, that in draft. So I usually have, <laughs> you know, four or five drafts, drafts in my draft folder um, that I work back and forth with. Um, and sometimes, uh, you know, a couple of weeks later, I'll go back and I'll look at something and I'll be like, yeah, you know what? I was off base with that. And I, yeah, it's I just not going to work. Yeah. Or I take it in a different direction or I'm really inspired by it. And all of a sudden it's there with what I want to do. And I build on it. I've been working on one piece um, for a while and it's taking me some time. And sometimes I have it, have it, have the focus to work on it. And sometimes I don't. And this particular piece is something that I've wanted to to do for the better part of a year. And I've written about it and it's gone poorly. I've written um it's it's pretty much about my ex-husband. Um I did one when I was drinking and it was so bad. And you actually told me, oh, maybe you want to take that down. <laughs> actually, I don't know if you remember that. I totally remember that. Yeah. And I I actually looked at that um, just yesterday and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I'm so glad he told me to take that down. 
um and i had been drinking when i wrote that um but i have several versions of that story that i've started that i've you know lost focus with and then i've looked back at and and I'm like, nope, that's not the way I want to tell it. That's not the way I want to tell it. Right now, I'm working on a version that I think might be it. But you're going to read it before I publish it. Right. Um, you are my editor. Well, that's that's interesting because I appreciate that. And you're mine. Yeah. But I think a piece, it, a lot of that, too, depends on the nature of the piece and what it means mm-hmm. to you. Because sometimes mm-hmm. you're just so close to it, it's really hard to see it. Yeah. When you're dredging up those, you know, deep, deep thoughts and feelings, you're too close to it. Yeah. And just to mention quickly, because I know we're going to do an episode about it, but um, alcohol is a big, um, uh, is a big thing that will cause unfocus. I don't know how to word that sentence but for Uh, a lot of right like for a lot of writers i think you know um or any substance substance use can cause writers they think that they're being more creative but um it's not going to go that way no and they think they're being more brave or something Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because it makes them feel like they don't give a shit but i you know for anybody that doesn't know I'm almost a year into my recovery and that's a huge thing. That's a huge factor in my writing, but it is an absolute distraction. And I can give you a lot of examples. I've been writing for years and years and drinking was such a distraction to the point where I didn't even need to be actively drinking. If I was recovering from drinking like if i was hung over i couldn't read i couldn't write if i was drunk i couldn't read i couldn't write and and then every morning you know i'll never get anywhere with my writing unless i stop doing this but i didn't stop doing it i kept doing it expecting mm-hmm. a different result yeah so and i think that's big with a lot of writers um so i just wanted to kind of mention that um, and I know we'll touch on that a lot more um, in the coming coming weeks or soon. Here, I'm gonna. I have to tell you this story while we're screwing around. This may or may not be in the thing, but remember I told you the other day I was working with this woman who was telling me stories, and I was like, "This this stuff is gold. I'm I need to interview you for an article or for the podcast." She was like, "Okay." So she was telling me this story. I think she's, I think she's about your age. She's early fifties or something. And I guess she had four older brothers when she was a kid and they were absolutely horrible to her. They just like, she found out um, about Santa when she was just four, they were like a little freak, you know, they were just giving her shit. I guess she had waited all year for this bike and it was the seventies. So you could imagine what this bike looked like, but the name of the bike was sweet thunder. So finally Christmas came, there's sweet thunder sitting beside the Christmas tree. 
Well, <laughs> I guess before she even got a chance to ride it, her big moose of a brother took it outside, <gasps> jumped it off of a thing, cracked the frame, and she had to spend the rest of the week looking at it sitting by the trash pile. She never got to ride it. <laughs> oh my God. That sounds like a movie. I know. And they didn't replace it. Wow. She said she has dozens of stories like that. One year they got That's her a dollhouse crazy. and they were wrestling and they, they smashed the dollhouse and they never replaced it. <laughs> it's story time. into your story i think one of the most interesting things about this is what you said it's like a third of the way through the story you said landing in a new school was like something out of a teen movie it was everything a young 1980s teenager would imagine could happen if she suddenly found herself at a new school and the hottest thing around i was a shiny new flirtatious toy and it didn't take long to uh land mm -hmm. the affection of andy who was friends with jennifer blah 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 that story, it was so interesting because I really feel like the 80s were that last time where the world did seem bigger. The world seemed bigger and you could go someplace else and be someone totally new. Yeah. Nobody gets to do that. No, we had no internet. You couldn't even like even calling another another town you couldn't do because it was long distance charges. Right on the phone. So like I couldn't go home and even call Jennifer because my mom would freak out. It would be so expensive on the phone. <laughs> so once I left Carthage, New York, and this town was probably an hour away, <laughs> by the way, right. I mean, or an hour and a half away or something. Once I left there, it was completely like cut off, like ex as if it never existed again. Right. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you like went into another dimension mm -hmm. and you could you could do whatever you wanted. Yeah, it's not at all the same. But when I used to go away for um, band competitions and stuff when I was in school, it was kind of like that. You got a weekend away mm -hmm. to stay in a stranger's house. You could kind of be someone new. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a big part of that story that just rang true. And then the fact that you stuck beer down your pants and. <laughs> you know, showed all the other guys how to do it too. That was interesting. Yeah. Again, before technology, before cameras, before any of this crap. Yeah. Nowadays, you'd be in jail. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, nobody was watching, and there. Were, I don't even think there were any cameras or anything. It was crazy. I doubt it. I don't think those existed. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like one chick who was probably in high school just standing at the cash register. It's 10 o'clock at night, and we just all strolled in. And it so was so obvious because then we all just strolled back out in a single line <laughs> with beer down our pants. Without buying anything. Without buying anything. I'm, a couple of the guys may have bought some gum, which is also so obvious. Right. When a bunch of teenagers go in and then a couple of them buy gum. I mean, it's, it's so obvious. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. 
what did you cut out of that? Did you cut anything out of this story? No. Like as far as just editing like what, stuff out. To... Was there more to it is what I'm getting at. I'm a, I'm horrible at editing myself. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't think I did. Um, uh, unless I ask you to take a look at a piece, it's usually all in there. <laughs> <laughs> where you know and sometimes if it's a uh, an important mm. piece to me that's when I'll ask you to take a look at it and that's when you're you'll be like maybe this can come out or can you expand on this like you're a super good editor for me and yeah and I do need an editor yeah but if it's just a you know oh, I appreciate that a piece like that then I'll just throw it up I mean yeah yeah, I mean, I can't think like I do remember details like I can I can still picture Jennifer's bedroom and it was like one of those old houses in the Northeast and her bedroom had this slanted. Like it must have been like right under the roof and it was slanted and dark like it was one of those dark rooms with a slanted ceiling and um, we just had clothes everywhere. And if one thing about me and like, if my brother is listening or anybody who knows me is listening, I'm a complete slob. So if I go anywhere and I open up my suitcase, it's like um, a Jack in the box and instantly my clothes come out like it a volcano um, and they'll be folded, but it'll just be like, I'll start rifling through stuff. And I pack for a weekend, like I'm packing for a two week vacation. <laughs> so, right. and, and I, cause you never know if you're going to shit your pants three days. And I have before. There. So, um, <laughs> so, and I've always been that way. So I am quite certain I oh, are you okay? I'm patting your back from three thousand miles away. Um, so, so I did pack, um, you know, quite a lot. So all my clothes were everywhere, probably much to Jennifer's mother's dismay. But I I seem to remember her clothes were everywhere too. And I did much like uh, Molly Ringwald have like little like one of those wool plaid skirts that went down um, kind of like in uh, uh, the breakfast club. And I had these little gray suede booties and they were not made for below zero weather. And it was super, super, super cold this weekend, that weekend. Um, and we, I wore them to march in this parade and my feet and not only were my feet freezing but I, I got so many blisters from these boots see this is like stuff i didn't put in <laughs> it was like below zero weather which was typical up in those parts i lived way up on the northern new york canadian border <clears throat> and carthage was you know not too far from there and uh we marched in the parade like that in Boy, were my feet killing me. Not just cold, but they got blistered. Um, <clears throat> but it was fun. And afterwards, we 
went to the big blue Victorian house. I don't know who owned it, but it was like the football players and some cheerleaders and us. It was like all the cool kids. And I was there, me. So we walked in and I was just like, hi, boys, I'm here. I'm going to drink you all under the table. So they were like, well, come on over. So I went to the little kitchen table and I drunk them all under the table because that's what I did. And um, then I went and I, you know, went off with Andy and we just like kind of held hands and talked and stuff. Um, that was pretty much the extent of, of all that. But all of a sudden, one of the football players comes out and he says, uh, we're out of beer. Uh, I guess the party's over. What are we going to do? And one of the other guys says, well, you know, so-and-so, yeah, he's gone. He usually goes and gets it. And I said, well, where do you guys go to get it? And they said, oh, there's this little grocery store, you know, down the street. So my response was, well, I know how to get beer. And they all perked up. And I was like, does anybody have a car? And, you know, I don't know. Joe was like, well, no, but I could take Tim's car. You know, so. Were you like 17? I was like 15 or 16. Sophomore, you said 15. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I was pretty young. <laughs> so. I'll get you I'll some get you beer. Some beer. No I'll drink you under the table. And so, so we all pile into like this little shitty sedan or something. I mean, it's like, and when I say pile in, I mean, we're, these are football players. So <laughs> we're piling on, on top of each other. Mm -hmm. And we go down to the little grocery store down the street. And we walk in and it's like one of those really old rickety. If you're from the East Coast, you're going to know what I'm talking about. And you're. It's almost like yeah, a bodega. Kind of, but you walk in and the floors are wood. And, and kind of. <clears throat> um, they're they kind of unbalanced. So, <laughs> so you're walking kind of sideways. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's like one teenage chick on the cash register. So I just say, follow me. And we go, I could still picture it. And we walk all the way to the side where the beer is. It's what, it's kind of like in a, um, where you'd go get the dairy, but the beer is like in where the dairy would be. And, and I say, okay, boys do what I do and I take a bottle of beer and I stick it down my pants take a, another bottle or two stick them down my pants and their eyes light up and they stick some beer down their pants and then we all <laughs> strut out in single file not suspicious at all out the little <laughs> grocery store at the end of the street. <laughs> These are things you'd never, never get away with today. Never. A couple of them might have stopped for bubble gum. Not suspicious at all, again. And um, 
Yeah. Like they paid for the gum? I, I'm not even sure. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> um, and then we, you know, went back to the house. We drank our our, our borrowed beer. And uh, Jennifer at one point said, you know, Christy, it's we. I'm sorry, but we have to go. And Andy took me outside and gave me a sweet kiss goodbye because it was the 1980s. And even though we were only a couple hours away, we would never, ever, 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 ever see each other again or talk to each other again because my mother would kill me if I made a long distance call. And there were no computers at that <laughs> point. And, and, yeah, any anybody younger than thirty isn't yeah, gonna understand yeah. any of yeah, this. Yeah, so I apologize for that. And uh the rest is history. So yeah. You're a legend. Oh my god, I forgot. In, uh... They kept calling me a legend. That's right. That was part of my story. Yeah. And uh yeah, they all But I think my point is yes. you're still a yes. legend. I am a leg. I am a leg legend. Minstrels in New York have they written have. songs about you. They have. <laughs> I, I, the stories have been told to grandchildren about me, it, it, because people in those That's parts good. do have grandchildren at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, yes, that stings does. a little. It does. I could have grandchildren, but I'd kill my son. So. <laughs> Hear that, Jude? <laughs> he is old he's enough. He's old enough. But he's he's smart. He's a smart boy. Anyway, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Thank you. That's a good story. Those are the stories that make you think about how different today is than yeah. those days. You know, no security cameras, no, like even, even down to like, you couldn't even call the guy because it'd be a long yeah. distance phone call. Yeah. That was a thing. The alternative was to make a collect call. Yeah. And, make him and his pay parents would it. kill him. No, yeah, no, it just didn't work that way. <laughs> and, you know, and nobody really had, it, it was like one person in your friend's group would have a car, you know, and it's like, who wanted to write letters? <laughs> you know, it was. Now, you're about work. 10 years younger than I am. So computers probably would have mm -hmm. been more of a thing. Now, did did anything about my story was was anything about my story a little foreign to you or was it still more kind of um, familiar, like in how things would have worked? Because yeah, of the age like, gap, and and how? No, because um, anybody pretty much you know mm -hmm. forty or younger can relate to that. And what's interesting about our generation is we yeah. remember before, yep, like the nineties, and yeah. obviously after. But no, it's all relatable. I remember that period in time, and it was just really interesting how when you left the house. Yeah. You were gone. Like I, I you was taking computer home. classes at that point, but they were like big black monitors where you were doing, where you were coding, 
like your name going down in a loop, right? Mm -hmm. And that's all you did. It wasn't like to communicate with anybody. I mean, that that didn't really come out until like I was working and in college, like, I guess, late college. Um, And even still, it yeah, it would have been like early yeah. to mid nineties. And I remember going through a spell in high school where, where you could type and print mm-hmm. essays mm-hmm. and whatnot, but they couldn't make you because most people didn't have a computer right. or a printer. Some... You know, and even if you did, like my my family yeah. was pretty tech savvy. We couldn't make a fucking printer work. Back <laughs> Those... then dot matrix printers and then it was either a dot matrix printer it wouldn't work and then there was do you remember those little word processors too like they were a a cross between a a typewriter and a computer where (laughs) yeah vaguely i I don't think i I ever used one yeah no i just remember i remember my dad's first um my dad and stepmom got a TRS-80 and I would sit there from Radio Shack and I would sit there for hours playing with it, like making the screen go red and green <laughs> and like just like doing yeah. different things. Uh, yeah. My dad had a, his first computer was a oh, Commodore yeah. 64. Yep. It, was, it was either, it was either yeah, the Commodore or was- the TRS-80 pretty much yeah yeah it may have come from radio shack i don't <laughs> those remember were the days those of were the radio days. shack when radio shack ruled but it had like a literally it had a four inch <laughs> monitor but the whole thing was like the size of i, I don't even know yeah. what it was it weighed like yeah it was like that huge dot like the huge <laughs> thing that would have to sit on the floor yeah and you'd put your like big five eight discs in floppy discs whatever they are (laughs) oh i had all kinds of games for it and i i remember they would take several minutes just to load i I loved like the games where you'd have to like follow the you'd like have to choose your adventure you know i'm talking about Mm -hmm. the like the the word games whatever those were called you'd be like in the castle Um, and you'd have to like select like you mean like from the movie big yeah 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 i forget what those were yeah i do too but you'd be like do you want to pick up this sword yes pick up the sword do you want to go into this door yes go into the door (laughs) very fun there we go. Taking we are a trip taking down a trip lane. down memory lane. That's not what I expected Me we'd either. be doing. Okay, so. Um, so we'll see you next time on The Unfocused Writer. <laughs> <laughs>